Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Sunday night game Super Wild Card Weekend is Rams with Matt Stafford back in Detroit against the Rams' old quarterback, Jared Goff, in the first home playoff game for the Lions since 1993. Their last playoff win came in 1991 over the Cowboys. The next week, they came to Washington and got blown out in the NFC title game. And Washington's been searching ever since as well. Uh, Dan Miller has been in Detroit now forever. Of course, I remember as a child listening to him and Doc do a radio show on this station, which I enjoyed thoroughly. Uh, it's been a while now. I was trying to think, what was your last year doing, you know, the Doc and Dan show? For the record, I was a child then as well. Um, <laughs> you and I are basically the same age. I'm kidding was, with you. Uh, yeah. Uh, my last year with Doc was 1997. 97. Wow. So it's been 27 years in Detroit since then. Amazing. Um, Dan's been the voice of the Lions for all of those years. He's also uh, been the sports director and anchor uh, at WJBK Fox Channel 2 in Detroit. You know, before we get to the Lions, and one of the reasons I reached out to you was to talk about Ben Johnson, just how big of a deal was it Michigan winning the national championship compared to everything else sports-wise in Detroit? 
Oh, I mean, it's big. There's no doubt about that. I mean, that's the, there is a powerful fan base here uh, for Michigan. Now, the, there's certainly an equally as powerful fan base for Michigan State. Uh, so it's it's always divided here. Um, you know, if I had to guess, I'd say probably the the number of fans that Michigan has probably outnumbers the number of fans that Michigan State has because I think Michigan pulls in more of the people that didn't necessarily go there, but they just grew up watching Michigan with their families and they love them. And that's not to say that people didn't do that for Michigan state as well, but uh, it's a big deal. And, and Jim Harbaugh coming back originally was a big deal. And, you know, there were questions about whether or not he could actually get it done there because that's why he came back and not beating Ohio state for a lot of years. when he did come back, raised a lot of questions about whether or not it would ever work out. Well, the past three years, we've seen what he's done against Ohio State. We've seen them make the college football playoff. Didn't go well once they got there, but this year they finally figured things out. And, um, you know, this is 26 years since they won their last national championship. So they arrived back home last night. There was a crowd of people waiting at Shen Beckler Hall for them. There'll be a celebration coming up on Saturday. So it's, it's absolutely a big deal uh, with a lot of diehard fans. When you pack – 110,000 plus into that stadium, you know, every weekend or in the fall. Uh, trust me, there's, there's a lot of love here for Michigan and it runs deep and, and has for many, many years. Yeah, I, I was curious, though, as to like where it ranks. Like if you were to rank all of the sports teams in, in terms of the level of passion, you know, where do, is Michigan football two behind the Lions? No, I'd say Lions and Tigers at the top. It's a great baseball town. I mean, unfortunately, the team's been lousy for a while. But, I mean, it is the, – the thing about Michigan and Detroit that, that strikes me and, you know, having grown up in D.C., look, D.C. is a very transient area. And, and, you know, I grew up in D.C. and, and worked in D.C. And, and you see people move in and out of that city. It's such a, you know, a political town. People come and go with, with elections and things like that. And um, Detroit really runs deep in terms of the roots. You're rooting for the same teams that your fathers did, your grandfathers did, your mothers did, your grandmothers did. And that's not to say that doesn't happen in D.C. It does. But it's a different type of area. There's not as much movement in terms of business and people coming from out of town. And, and it's just – The one thing that struck me when I got here was, you know, there's such a cross-section, even of fans in D.C. doing a talk show there for many years and and growing up there. You know, you had a lot of friends that came from different places and and rooted for different teams. Man, in Michigan, you don't get a lot of that. It's people that have been here, stayed here, and just shared these memories with with their family members. And um, so it's baseball is really, really big here. And football, the shield, obviously, with the NFL. The NFL's king, I think, everywhere. So I'd put those two at the top. I'd, I'd you know, Michigan and the excuse me, the Pistons and Red Wings, both big because they had their runs and, and, and it was fun. But, you know, when they're not doing well, you don't feel it quite as much. So I would say it's, it's somewhere after those top two. But it's the, the tough thing, Kevin, is just a divide between Michigan State and Michigan. Right. And that runs deep as well. And, and, you know, green and white, you know, maize and blue, there's a line there, man. And that line runs down the middle of, of this area, and you're either on one side of it or the other, and it's, it's, it's pretty significant. So whereas the pro teams can pull everybody together, you have that divide between these two major college teams that, that really kind of, uh, I would say, just kind of cuts the, 
cuts the big group in half almost. Do you think Harbaugh leaves? Great question. Um, I, I think he's got a wandering eye. I think he's had a wandering eye. I think probably the NCAA situation and, and his frustration with that has probably pushed him more towards that. And this is just me speculating. He doesn't really share things with much of anybody. So we're all just kind of trying to read the tea leaves. I think the key thing is, is there a job that he wants where they want him? Uh, I think he's smart enough to know that if he goes someplace where they don't have a quarterback or don't have the ability to get a quarterback, it's a license to fail. Uh, he's coached in the NFL before. He knows what it's all about. He had success in San Francisco. He's been to a Super Bowl. So I think he knows how to be critical about his offers and, and what might be out there. So I guess it's a long-winded way of saying, I think if the right situation comes up, he could go. But that right situation has to be there, and it has to be one that they want him and he wants them. So I, the one I'd watch is the Chargers, where you have a quarterback. He's got a history in Southern California, um, so and, and there is a, a bit of a lure there for him. So that's the one I, I'd kind of keep an eye on. The Chicago one was one that people talked about because he played for the Bears. That one's not currently open. I talked to somebody in Chicago yesterday who said, you know, not a done deal yet that he's definitely going to survive, so we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But it looks like a Schefter just I reported Everflus is staying. What's that? Oh, today they saying that? Yeah. Okay, well, there you go then. That, that takes that one off the board. So um, those are the two that you heard most about just because of his history in Chicago and then with the, the Chargers because of he does have some history in Southern California and then – the fact that they have an established quarterback will make that job, I think, popular with anybody. Do you think that Washington would be a place that would interest him right down the road from his brother, the number two pick in the draft with, you know, perhaps three quarterbacks that'll go one, two, uh, one, two, three in some order. How do you think he'd view Washington? I, I think it would be intriguing uh, because not only do you have that, you got a ton of cap space. So I think that, that, you have a number of draft picks, key being you have the second pick overall, so you're going to be able to draft a quarterback. Um, and I, I think that that would be something that he would look at. The pieces that I would say, from my point of view, the boxes that he'd want to check, Washington would be able to check. So I, I think that would be one that would make some sense as well. Um, probably a little more of a rebuild, but you know, fresh ownership, and the ability to kind of do things with the, the flexibility that they have with the cap and, and with the draft picks, I think it would be intriguing to him. So, yeah, I think that one makes sense as well. I think, you know, look, we know the jobs that, that maybe don't look. That he's been rumored Raiders as well. I don't know. They don't have a quarterback. Do they have the avenue to even get one? I don't think anybody really wants to go to Carolina unless they have to. Somebody will go there because it's a job, but that ownership – just seems to be a nightmare. So um, I think there's a lot going for Washington right now that's going to make that appealing to anybody that talks to them with new ownership and with all of the assets that they have that you can get started and build a team. We're talking to the voice, longtime voice of the Detroit Lions, Dan Miller, who's from here, worked at this station for many years doing a show uh, with Doc, uh, and he joins us right now courtesy of our BetQL guest hotline. So before we get to the Lions and their matchup against the Rams and the the excitement for that, 
Uh, around here, there is a new you know president of football ops hire that's going to happen and then a new head coach. And already the reports are they've requested interviews, as everybody will, with Ben Johnson and Aaron Glenn. So let's start with Ben Johnson. What would make Ben Johnson an outstanding head coach? Uh, he's a brilliant offensive mind. Uh, what he has done with this offense, turning it into a, a high-scoring, consistent group, rehabilitating Jared Goff's career. You know, when he left L.A., everybody thought, yeah, not much left there. And L.A. had kind of kicked him to the curb. Well, they brought him here, and Jared has been terrific. Uh, and, and really started with not much in 2021 when he became – started getting more involved in the offense towards the end of that year than took over as the offensive coordinator in 2022. Um, he will be great in the room. Uh, he presents himself extremely well. Uh, he's got the demeanor of a head coach. Uh, there's just a lot to like about him. He's young. He's, he's got a lot of energy. Um, I, I will tell you, anybody that sits down with him is going to walk away extremely impressed. And I think his resume speaks for itself. He doesn't have a ton of, uh, of experience as a coordinator, just two years. Uh, but he's been around the league for a while. Players like him. Um, there's, there's Ben Johnson is, is going to get a head coaching job. I think this off season, I think he might've last year, but he decided to come back to Detroit and I'm sure they probably gave him plenty of reason to want to come back in terms of money and felt like there was unfinished business and, you know, they, they won the division. They're going to the playoffs. So I think he can probably walk out. And I, th- I think in some ways I'm guessing Ben Johnson also looked at this last year and told himself, there will be offers down the road, and I can probably use another year before I move on. So I think it was a smart move by him as well. He had one year as a coordinator um, when he took when he was taking meetings last year. So I think it was a really well thought out move on his part to come back. And I think he's going to be a very popular guy when it comes to meetings this year, requests this year, and teams this year. And I think, quite frankly, he can be choosy. He's a Carolina guy. Went to North Carolina. He grew up there. But I just think that job is going to scare people. I, I, there's just, I don't think he's going to end up there. I think it'll end up be, being somewhere else. And what about Aaron Glenn? You know, defensive coordinator in Detroit with Campbell since 21. What about him as a potential head coach candidate? If you saw that recent poll where he was voted as the best coordinator or whatever that was, most liked coordinator or coordinator you'd most like to play for recently, he players love him. Uh, he is a tough guy, but he is a fair guy. You know exactly where you stand with Aaron Glenn. Um, the defenses here have been spotty, right. but to be honest with you, the talent has been spotty. Uh, much more to work with on Ben Johnson's side of the ball than Aaron Glenn's side of the ball. Um, Aaron Glenn has been there as a player in this league. He was a terrific player in this league. He has been an assistant coach, spent a good deal of time in, in New Orleans. Uh, that's where he and Dan Campbell worked together. He worked under Sean Payton there. Uh, he's played for some great coaches in his career. So I, I think everything in terms of what you look for in terms of, of the guy's resume, his past, who, who's he you know, based his career on and, and played for and been around, um, there's, a, again, Aaron Glenn. I, I anticipate there's a good chance we're going to lose both our coordinators this year like the Eagles did last year. Um, it just might be Aaron Glenn's time. And, and again, I think the powerful thing about Glenn is his presence, his strength, his ability to motivate players, 
and the way players react to him. He's a tough guy, but as I said, a fair guy, and players appreciate that. They just want to know where they stand. You can coach them hard, but just don't tell them one thing and do another. Aaron Glenn doesn't do that. Uh, I think he will be another guy that will sit down with search committees and they'll walk away impressed. He's, he's just a, he's got that kind of demeanor about him, that kind of presentation about him. And I think he will be a good head coach somewhere and, and understands how to surround himself with a good staff. And I think that it's going to be a very interesting off season for him as well. Dan Miller Fox two on Twitter. That's at Dan Miller Fox, the number two on Twitter. All right. So let's talk about the lions. Um, we got a lot of Lions this year, you know, in every other city, much more so than we've gotten in a lot of years, you know, from the opener against the Chiefs to some high-profile games throughout the year. I thought, you know, before that Baltimore game, Dan, I thought that the most impressive thing about Detroit in that moment was how improved they were defensively, but that changed during the course of the season. So how do you view this team heading into the postseason uh, we'll talk about the Rams matchup overall, but you know they're the third seed. How big of a threat do you think they are to get to the Super Bowl? You know, I think they they can they are a threat, but I think they have questions. So I think you go into this thing. Uh, I don't feel like they have to take a back seat to anybody. I don't think that we're at a point with this team where you can put them on the field and you feel good about it. It doesn't mean they're going to win. But I think there have been years, certainly, where you, you looked at this team and maybe they snuck into the playoffs and you just didn't feel like you know, they were there to play with the top teams. I think this team can. I think even going down to Dallas and all the garbage that went down at the end of that game. Look, well, that you, got, you guys got team. robbed in that game in 2014. Yeah, Completely there's, robbed. Yeah, I mean, it's look, um, if you stand in front of a man and tell him what you're going to do before the game, and then you do exactly what you tell them you're going to do. Oh, I thought you were talking about the playoff game. I thought you were talking oh, about the playoff game. Yeah, yeah we, the, the flag picked up in that game. That yeah, the flag was, picked up cost you the game. Now, oh, you're talking about the Saturday night game. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. The Saturday night game was equally as stupid. But anyway, that was a team that was averaging 40 points a game. They had won 15 straight games at home. And I think that, that even walking out of there with that loss, I think that told this team they can play with anybody if they didn't already know that, and I think they did, quite frankly. And, and I think you walked out of there not feeling like you'd lost a game, but that you'd had something taken away from you. And that's a different conversation for a different time. But it, it, it allowed them, I think, to understand that here's this team that, it, that had been on a roll at home. You went in there and traded punches with them, and you were right there at the end. Um, they, there's some questions, and, and I know you said we'll get to the Rams de- the Rams matchup, but the questions are on defense. And right now, the weakness for the Lions is their ability to stop the pass and eliminate big chunk plays. And you're going up against a team with Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, and Puka Nakua. And that's the matchup that I think gives you pause about this game with the Rams. They've got to find some way to pressure Stafford, got to find some way to get him on the ground. The Rams and the Lions both are coming into this game with, with – the least amount of sacks among the 14 playoff teams. So whichever team can maybe generate some pass rush and force Goff into mistakes or force Stafford into mistakes might be the team that ends up winning this game. But you're talking about playing into the weakness versus playing into the strength. And I think that's, as I break this game down, look, I think the Lions match up well against this Rams defense. I think the Lions should be able to get some things done. 
I feel that way most weeks because they got a lot of pieces over there. But what what you have to see play out in the last three weeks, Justin Jefferson has lit the Lions up. C.D. Lamb has lit the Lions up. And you're going in against two really good receivers in this game with a quarterback that can spin it. So that's where my eye goes in this one. So on golf, is it just about if you put him in third and long and you pressure him, that's where he has issues? You know, I, I don't know that. I, I, I don't think I would put it that in that kind of box. I think it's a strange thing because Jared's turnovers seem to come in bunches, and I can't tell you why because he'll then go several games without an issue. But it just seems like there are times where it just kind of – it just bubbles up and it becomes a problem. If you look at the Lions' losses uh, since they started 1-6 and six last year, then finished 8-2 and two and then went 12-5 and five this year, if you look at their losses – now, look, this is probably true around most of the National Football League because turnovers are the biggest indicators of winning and losing. But, man, the, the games they've lost have been games where he has just not been good with the football. Now, not always his fault. There's receiver issues and things like that, breakdowns on the offensive line, free runners, things like that. So I, I don't know if it's that clean, but I think it is. There are just some times where, where Jared is, is a little bit loose with the ball and the turnovers become a problem, and they have a tough time sometimes recovering from that. So, um, look, he's been really good. This offense has been flying for two years now. Um, and the, the thing that this team – has put most of their assets into is that offensive line. It's one of, if not the best in football, and he feels very comfortable behind that offensive line. They have the best running game they've had since Barry Sanders was on the team this year. They have been able to control the ball on the ground, and then they can throw it as well. So um, the offense with Goff is what gives you reason to believe you can play with anybody in this league and win against anybody in this league this time of year. It's the other side of the ball where I think most of the questions are. That being said, your point is a good one. Jared's got to, Jared's got to have ball security. If he doesn't, historically, that's where this team runs into major problems. It just seems, whether it was with Sean or you know with Ben Johnson, when they are on schedule and they got play action and they got bootleg going, he is lethal. And uh, if it's not, then it, it seems to be more problematic. We're talking to Dan Miller. Two more for you. I appreciate the time. First is this. How will Matt Stafford be received? It's a playoff game. It's the first home playoff game in 30 years in Detroit. But I'm just curious. I don't think he's been back, right? He hasn't, he hasn't been back no, to Detroit. We, we went there. We right. went there in uh, 21. Uh, the year so the how trade. beloved was he? How will he be received? Uh, beloved, appreciated, uh, gave this franchise everything he had. Um, man, never really had the pieces around him that he needed. Obviously had a Hall of Fame receiver in Calvin Johnson, but I think the highest they ever had for a running game was 13th, and most of the time they were somewhere 26 to 32. Um, he dragged this team up and down the field to wins and willed them to wins and did it most of the time after being you know, beat up and, and – figuring out some way to bandage up and get back out there. So massive respect for Matthew and what he did here. And even when he asked to leave, I think people understood that it had just kind of run its course and it was time for him to move on. Um, you, I don't know the answer to your question. And I have tried to figure that out. I think there's great appreciation for Matthew. I think if this were a regular season game, 
they would give him a massive ovation, and they still might on Sunday night. But once that initial, hey, welcome back, we appreciate you, is gone, it's going to be Matthew is playing for the other team, and they just want to take him down. I mean, the, the, the intensity on Sunday night will be like nothing we have seen in Detroit in a long, long time. These fans have been waiting for this. These fans have been just every season hoping that possibly this could be the year. It's been 30 years since they won a division, 30 years since they had a playoff game at home, never had a playoff game at Ford Field, even though the building's been open for more than two decades. It's going to be crazy on Sunday night. So your question, I have run it in my mind. I don't know what the initial reaction is going to be, but once that's over – He's playing for the other team, and that's all that matters. Yeah. Well, you answered the last question is just how – I mean, I watched that Barry Sanders doc, which I thought was excellent on Amazon. And, they, you know, they, they did the, the, the Cowboy playoff game, which was the last playoff game that Detroit won, uh, yeah. which came all the way back after the 91 season. And they said there was never an environment like that at any Lions game before. So we'll probably see that Sunday night um, as well. Um, enjoy it. Uh, and I think, you know, the, I think the Lions are one of those teams where NFL fans, in, in the same way that maybe the Browns, NFL fans who don't have a horse in the race right now or a dog in the fight are kind of rooting for. So enjoy it. Have fun. Good luck. I appreciate it. We are, we are looking forward to it. It's been a long time coming. So it's, it's the, the best thing about it is just seeing these fans get some payoff after everything they've put into it. So it's going to be, uh, it'll be electric on, on Sunday night and that those fans will do their part as most coaches will tell you it's up to the players to get them involved. So got to go out there and, and do the job. It's going to be fun. 980 legend, Dan Miller, boys and girls, it's been 27 years, but I certainly remember. And a lot of the listeners do as well. Uh, thanks for doing this. Hope you're well. Take care. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Kev. Yep. Dan Miller, uh, at Dan Miller, Fox two, uh, likes Ben Johnson, likes Aaron Glenn a lot as a potential head coach. We'll do some Denton news. There were some interesting, uh, basketball moments last night in college and in the NBA. Uh, and then we'll finish up with Chris Trapasso from CBS sports. He's got his latest and really first true mock draft out with the order uh, in which teams will be selecting. We'll do that at 1235. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980, the Team980.com. We're free and live on the Odyssey app. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. <laughs> 